0: this talk, we'll be thinking about how the infectious dead body was managed during the cholera epidemic of 1832 in York, and the relevance this may have in how we think about the dead body today. Specifically, at a time when death was increasingly medicalised, those that died of cholera were treated as both the dead, but also as contagious to the living. They became what may be thought of as the toxic dead. The Industrial Revolution saw a movement towards city living. With many people now living in close proximity, thoughts turned towards sanitation and cleanliness. Specifically, the dead started to be seen as a sanitary problem, as the smells and potential diseases from the decomposing flesh became more present in everyday life. The living adapted to this by doing things like digging graves deeper. One foot used to be the required depth, so no wonder death smelt around the time where this medicalisation of the dead was taking hold. In 1832, a cholera crisis was looming for the north of England. On Stonegate is the home of the York Medical Society, and it was here at the beginning of the year of 1832 that the York Medical Society held their first ever meeting. They would discuss how the population of York, both living and dead, would be managed in the event of a cholera epidemic. As expected, Later that year, cholera had come to York. 450 people were thought to be affected, and of those, 185 would die between June and October of 1832. Some of these people would die only a day after contracting the disease. But the symptoms and virus were still not quite understood. For all anybody knew, the bodies presented a large danger to the wider York community and would need to be managed as such so the Privy Council of York created a few protocols. First, those that died of cholera would be buried within 12 hours of death. The body would be wrapped in pitch cloth and transported to the burial ground in a covered cart pulled by horses. The funeral marches with the body would often draw crowds of people, with some not happy about the cholera victim being carried through open public streets. The panic was so tense but one body was inadvertently pushed into the river ooze in protest which caused an even larger risk when the dead did arrive at the burial space their funeral wishes would not be met as they would not be allowed into the church instead the ceremony was ordered to be held at the graveside this caused anger among the families and in a few instances This came to physical violence, where families forcibly carried the cholera victim into the church to have the ceremony. In these events, the church was thoroughly whitewashed and fumigated, being closed to the public during these times. As the numbers of the dead piled up, burial land at cemeteries came to full capacity, and was generally beginning to be seen as unsuitable for burying cholera victims due to the shallow grave depth. These graves would need to be at least six foot deep, to cut the risk of contagion so they would find alternative places in york to bury the dead one such site is next to the railway station towards Fief lane now if you stop by to pay your respects you would be drawn to a plaque marking it this was placed as people look to remember those 185 that died and all those that were affected since the incident as it remains a strong part of york's identity today This example of managing the cholera dead, though careful and tactical, was very much at the dawn of learning to deal with the toxic dead. There would be later epidemics where the dead would be just as contagious. For example, cholera would return to York later that decade. These days, to deal with the toxic dead, the health and safety executive have employed a list of hazard groups, forming of a scale from 1 to 4. These are categorised based on the potential danger the body poses to deaf professionals handling it, as well as to the wider community. A dead body containing cholera is still classed as a hazard, being placed in Group 2. Now this would invite consideration from people like a funeral director or the crematorium staff that interact with that dead body. But it would also hold little risk to the wider community, due to there now being a vaccination for cholera. Now, this would contrast with a body classed in hazard group 4, an example being somebody that died from Ebola. This would not be dealt with by the crematorium or the funeral director, but rather would be sent into a specialist disease centre for disposal. Now, a recent, more familiar example of this may be the case of a Novichok poisoning victim who went through specific specialised protocols to halt the risk of poisoning the wider public. Any of these hazard groups would ask the deaf professional such as crematorium technician, to wear gloves and protective equipment. However, these protocols are designed under the pretense that the larger risk would come to embalmers or pathologists. This is because they would need to be opening the body up, and they'll be exposing themselves to the insides where the disease multiplies and lives. This might mean that if you died of a disease deadly or contagious enough, you may not always get the disposal method you want. Or, if your corpse is deemed too toxic, Your family may not be able to do certain things, like view your body before burial or cremation. So what the cholera epidemic of York back in 1832 demonstrates, is the often difficult nature of dealing with the toxic dead, which is still present in society today. In some ways, medical knowledge has advanced, meaning that many more people can have the funeral and method of disposal that they want. In other ways, these questions of mediating between risk of contagion and wishes of the deceased are always relevant. Now you might think about this in terms of potential future problems, such as antibiotic resistance, or even biological or chemical warfare. The question that every subsequent epidemic will ask is how we as a community manage the toxic, infectious dead. How do we protect against contagion, whilst also respecting the wishes of the deceased? It is in these historical examples of managing the dead that we find out the people we are and the people that we can be.